Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the 304 Sports Podcast. Paul Bjorn Bergstrom joined alongside by Jacob Sawyers. And you and I are going to be talking a little bit of a pre, uh, preview here for the uh, North Carolina State game. Virginia Tech and North Carolina State both coming back off from their bye weeks, a little bit more rested. And it's going to be interesting to see what can happen here. Uh, of course, uh, you know, there's been some aspects for either side with uh, some healing coming back, but uh, North Carolina State at home going to be looking to rebound off of that Syracuse defeat, but still without Devin Leary will make things hard. We'll get into all that, though. With that being said, uh, Jacob, how do you think that this bye week has been able to benefit both sides? I mean, coming into this game, it's a tale of two tales, both of them coming off of that bye week, though, like you said, and I mean, for Virginia Tech, you know, you're looking at a guy like Malachi Thomas, who probably hasn't been 100% all year long. So that just gave him an extra week to uh, to work out some of the injuries he's been battling since the beginning of the season. And then for uh, for Coach Pry and the offensive and uh, offensive coordinator Tyler Bowen, it's a time to recalibrate the offense and just try to try to score more points. I mean, this is a Virginia Tech team that has not scored 30 points in a single game all year long. So uh, it's a good time for the offense. But then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they rank they're ranked 10th in uh, scoring per game, uh, giving up 25.1 points per game. So it's a good time for Coach Marv and the defensive squad to to sharpen their sharpen their game and uh, hopefully to just to just reshift the culture. I mean, a four game losing streak is not what you want. So I mean, this bye week was time to just calm down, work out the kinks, and uh, hopefully get back on track. Uh, as for North Carolina State, you know, coming off of two tough losses against Syracuse, against Clemson, battling the battling the 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 odds without having star quarterback Devin Leary. Uh, it's a time to restructure their offense with their new guy, number 14, Jack Chambers, who's, uh, you know, also a dual threat guy, but just maybe not as explosive as Leary quite yet. So this is a time for them to just uh, recalibrate as well, but dial back in so they can maybe repeat another 10 win season. I will say as well, and we'll get more into it with NC State, wouldn't even be surprised if we saw a little bit of MJ Morris, the freshman for North Carolina State. Uh, maybe see what they have for next season. Mm-hmm. But we'll get more into that. Uh, we'll go ahead here and start. So first uh, first of all, uh, before fully delving in, I will say pretty decent slate of Thursday night football games. Uh, for college ball, of course, you got Tech and NC State. Uh, you've also got Utah versus Washington State at 10 o'clock. That is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, of course, Thursday night football, Ravens versus Buccaneers probably – uh, one of the better primetime games in the past month. So a lot of good ball going on, but as we're specifically looking here in the ACC, uh, I think we go ahead here and start off with the away side of Virginia Tech. And as you kind of mentioned, that bye week's really going to help, uh, particularly uh, with that offensive side. Um, of course, Malachi Thomas, as you said, he hasn't been back fully uh, for, you know, like 100%. Maybe this will help a little bit. And on top of that, uh, you know, uh, they've been talking over the bye week, and I believe Brent Pry said that they really want to go into that 1A, 1B with Keyshawn King and Malachi Thomas because they have been missing that in the past couple of weeks. So a bit of a possible offensive change for Virginia Tech. I think that's certainly exciting for Hokie Nation. Absolutely. I mean, well, what they've tried so far, especially on the offensive side of the ball, has not been working with letting, you know, letting Wells uh, just try to make the plays here and there. So it will be exciting because that was something that I had mentioned in the Miami game was, you know, that 1A, 1B action with Thomas mm-hmm. and King. 
So, I mean, I'm hoping that this is a time where they, you know, let, you know, Thomas get 20, 22 carries, let King get 15 carries a game and just see if we can, if, if Tech can really just dive in and uh, pound the football right through the uh, the defensive line of North Carolina State. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, if Thomas is at 100% and what he can do against, I mean, not a bad North Carolina State defense at all. Yeah, and you know we, we we've you know we've been told from Fry uh, with the media that those who are going to get more involved, but maybe more in the receiving game. Something you know ultimately the passing game has struggled a lot this season. Well, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. I believe the center uh, seven interceptions uh, is the most that a starter has thrown at the very least. I believe in my time at campus, um, I wouldn't remember the highest after that. Maybe you have that stat, but. With that in mind, um, outside of maybe that stack coming up, uh, this should hopefully be a lot of help for Grant Wells to be able to reset. But more importantly, who do you think may be integrated more into that passing offense to uh, really uh, assist Grant Wells? Uh, obviously, when you're looking at getting Caleb Smith going at wide receiver one, but my guess would be trying to get uh, Dwayne Lofton up and going. I mean, you saw that he had that crucial drop uh, during the third quarter, I believe it was in yeah. the Miami game. I mean, he's a great route runner, route runner, and he's a guy that you're going to want to see across the middle of the field, making those slant plays, those post routes, those digs, trying to get 10, 15 yards at a time. So, I mean, I mean, you know, you run the ball with Thomas and King, and then you know, every third, fourth play, you pull back with a little play action. If they can find Lofton in the middle of the field when uh, Smith is being covered up, he's a game changer, and he could really be an X factor on this Thursday night clash. And I believe the last Virginia Tech person, Virginia Tech quarterback to throw that many picks in a game was Michael Brewer back in uh, 2014. 2014. Okay. No, that, that definitely uh, check out. Interesting, though. Interesting, though. Um, what I will also say, and this is a name I believe I've brought up in a couple times that we've talked about this, Jacob, um, but Daquan Wright for Virginia Tech is someone that it looks like in the past few games uh, the Hokies have really been trying to integrate in. Uh, with a total of 12 receptions in the past three. Um, pretty decent with the yards on that as well. Uh, freshman talent. Um, so I think that's all going to be able to be beneficial. And on top of that, uh, the fact that he was looking good, particularly in the Miami game, and then you had the unfortunate fumble. Uh, so he and Dwayne Lofton both having uh, not so great moments uh, during Miami. But I do definitely agree. I think they'll both get involved at least a little bit more. Uh, I think the Hokies really like what they have in Daquan Wright, and he's been seeing more of the field, at least from what I've noticed. I uh, know I like Wright a lot. He uh, he has kind of that similar build and style of play as, uh, I don't know, Kyle Pitts at Florida. Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, not as not quite as dynamic or athletic quite yet, but, I mean, a really young guy and a guy who can make plays wide, I mean, a big target, Someone that I'm sure Wells is going to be looking for as a safety valve on some plays and just across the middle of the field on others. Uh, he's he's a great target and he runs routes well. He gets up the field well. It's just, you know, he's had some unfortunate miscues these last few games, like he just mentioned, but he's getting targeted a lot. And um, and it's it's very exciting to see more young talent being utilized on this offense. Thomas being a sophomore, right, a freshman. Uh, so so that is exciting. Yeah, kind of like that. Pitts and Dolchik, uh, Greg Dolchik, I believe, um, like mm -hmm. those types of tight ends that are starting to now be a lot more 
of the trend in the NFL, which is, you know, essentially receivers at tight end. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're able to be lucky, uh, whether that be Kansas City or Baltimore right now, you're able to get that blocking in there as well. And just an all around uh, really talented tight end. Also TJ Hawkinson, big shout out to him. Um, but with this in mind as well, uh, before we move on to the NC State side, uh, whether it's offensively or defensively, what do you believe uh, is a key for this game for Virginia Tech to be able to pull off an upset against uh, its first ranked opponent of this season? The key for me is to just uh, if they're if North Carolina State is using Jack Chambers at the quarterback to contain him, to not let him be a dual threat. I mean, we've talked about this lunch pail defense that we just have not seen all year long. And this, I mean, North Carolina State is, they're a 13 and a half uh, point favorite. They're going to put up some points. If Virginia Tech is going to win, it's going to start on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which I think will allow the offense to get in rhythm as well subsequently. But contain Chambers and continue with that excellent cornerback play, which was one of the bright spots we saw uh, in the Miami, Miami game. Uh, true freshman Mansoor Delane, uh, he had a great game. And, uh, you know, continuing that type of play, being aggressive on the defensive line with guys like Fuga and uh, names like Taiwan Garbett. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, on the defensive side, I think it starts there. Aggressiveness, attacking the quarterback and not letting him get outside of that pocket and make the plays that uh, he's capable of making. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, I'm 100% there with you, Uh, whether it is Chambers or whether it's Morris. Uh, you know, for either of these guys, they aren't the, you know, starter. It, it, it's almost an NFL-esque situation where they probably didn't expect to quite be in this position because Devin Leary was the vet and the guy that people kind of expected would be getting a little bit of looks in later rounds towards uh, NFL draft. doesn't mean that he still uh, won't. He probably will. Um, but with them now in the situation, not generally being starters, being in, I would say, a quote-unquote primetime game. Actually, you know what? Not even quote-unquote. Definitely primetime game. I mean, this is on ESPN for crying out loud. So mm-hmm. this is certainly a primetime game for the Wolfpack, and that's going to be able to apply a lot of pressure to either of those young men. And I think if uh, the defense is able to capitalize on that, that can certainly help. Uh, I'll also add as well, at the very least in the Syracuse game, Sean Tucker, though I don't think this is much a, uh, much a surprise to say, had a good performance, 14 carries for just shy of 100 yards. So I think there is capability to be able to rush on this team. But I also looked at the two games prior to that as well, and the leading rusher for either side was the quarterback, uh, being Jordan Travis and DJ Uagalele. So um, it, it's, it's a little bit hard to see specifically uh, on that end. But, of course, uh, I mean, prize already laid out. Uh, to the media that they're going to be giving Keyshawn and uh, Mile Kai a lot more touches. And I think being able to get hopefully a longer, uh, uh, more time of possession uh, of the ball and being able to hopefully utilize both of them properly, I think would certainly be able to help on the offensive end, as we've talked about. Moving on to the Wolfpack side, though, uh, you know, as we mentioned, and is the biggest thing for the side is the fact that inexperience, at least starting at quarterback, is going to be a little bit nervous, uh, uh, something nervous for the Wolfpack. However, I think the little bit of good news for this side is that uh, Virginia Tech has at least recently been susceptible in the run game, and they've got two talented rushers in Jordan Houston 
and uh, Deme uh, Sumo Karnigiga. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as good at pronouncing this one. Uh, Deme Sumo, I'm going to see if I can uh, get a full pronunciation of that. <laughs> I'm tripping up there, but two really talented running backs, ultimately, Jacob. Uh, that's exactly what I wrote for the keys for the pack. Number one is to just get comfortable. I mean, this is a Virginia Tech team that, you know, the line shows 13 and a half. They're beatable. This is a game to get started on the second half of the season to try to put together a 10-win campaign for the 2022 Wolfpack. So it's just getting comfortable in that new offense. You know, primetime game sold out Carter-Finley Stadium. It's a time for Jack Chambers. You know, like you said, not expecting to be in the role that he's in right now or even Morris if they decided to utilize him more. Uh, to get comfortable, get poised, make the right plays. Don't overthink it because, I mean, truthfully, this is a Virginia Tech defense that can be dissected fairly easily with some dynamic quarterback play and some good runs from Houston uh, and all the backup running backs as well. Uh, so that's what I wrote for them uh, as the primary goal. And then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, the last thing you want is to see Wells and Smith get in a rhythm. I mean, I think it's uh, it's going to be, a ground and pound game, I think Thomas and King will perform very well. But if Wells and Smith, Wells Lofton and Wells and Wright are making plays, that's when you know that you're in a dangerous situation and susceptible to a big upset, uh, big upset at home is when the quarterback play is going well mixed with that uh, ground and pound one two uh, running back play as well. Uh, yeah, with Houston and uh, Sumo Karnbe, I was able to find the pronunciation. I overcomplicated it myself um but ultimately i do think that that's going to be a big thing for this side to be able to um if, if, as, you, as you said and i think this is the most important thing let their quarterbacks uh, get comfortable uh whoever is being able to run it um and this isn't going to be exactly what i mean by this but i i hope you kind of understand where i'm going with it um essentially my thought process for north carolina state is something similar to that of what Clemson did with club similar, not just throwing the ball you. four times because that's just not enough. Like you're, you're not going to be able to just get by in the run on Virginia Tech's defense. There is enough talent that they will ultimately just kind of stop you. But, you know, Chambers may not have to throw, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm pulling up some Leary stats, for example, let's say, 30 times is probably close to the average, but that's also including the 20, only the lower of the 21 attempts. Um, you, you know, Leary's, you know, you're probably not going to have to have Chambers or Morris throw as much as what Leary had, but maybe like those low 20s, uh, maybe even under that. Like if you're able to get enough run game to be able to allow that to be the possibility, um, that would certainly be ideal for this North Carolina State side. Uh, and on top of that, to look in the receiving game, who are you eyeing for the Wolfpack to uh, also help make the quarterback comfortable? Uh, hold on one second. I was just gonna, I was just gonna touch, and I agree completely with what you said. I mean, running like maybe even like a Baltimore Ravens style offense, mm, where it's sure. just, uh, you know, it's just ground and pound. Let your quarterback be dynamic outside of the pocket, and then find you know his his go tos on the receiving end. So, I mean, that's going to be guys like, you know, like Carter, like Lassane, and then even, you know, Houston as a as a, uh, a a safety valve, like we talked about with Daquan Wright. So I would I would say definitely Devin Carter is number one. So I'm going to be looking for and then also uh, Keon Lassane. I believe I'm saying his last name right. 
Uh, yeah, definitely Carter. I'm definitely in agreement with you. Carter is a really talented receiver uh, right now of, uh, you know, the receivers with double-digit receptions. He has the best uh, average yards per catch, uh, just shy of 15 and a touchdown with him as well. Uh, I think that's certainly going to be a good place for this Wolf Pack to uh, be able to go. And I, I feel like I'd be remiss to not mention this, though, but I feel like for that Wolfpack defense, uh, the most obvious place to look for them is attacking that Virginia Tech offensive line. It has most certainly struggled throughout this season, and this is uh, you know, a pretty talented Wolfpack uh, defense. They're one of the more well-rounded teams in the ACC most of the time. Eight sacks, 64. Uh, actually, that's sacked yards. I was looking for tackles for loss, but... Uh, I'll see if I can find that as well. But it's, it's a talented defense that certainly I think can get the pressure in on Virginia Tech, which can cause an issue for uh, Bowen's offense. Uh, I agree. I mean, in the Miami game, we did see Parker Clements get banged up. Uh, we saw Virginia Tech offensive line that you know wasn't at a hundred percent with a few a few guys missing, a few guys having to leave. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if that defensive line can really make things. Uh, hurtful for both Thomas trying to get out of the trying to get into the secondary and then Wells trying to be poised in the pocket and for him to get in the rhythm because if he's not able to get in the rhythm if Thomas isn't able to get bust out a few runs and get into the secondary then there's just nothing going to be going for that Virginia Tech offense I know you mentioned some of the keys for the North Carolina State uh Wolf Pack as a whole but ultimately uh do you have anything else that you think that the side's going to need to look towards uh in order to uh maintain that top 25 ranking uh i just looked at it i mean if you're a north, a north carolina state player a coach a fan this is a get back on track game i mean the, the shot of winning the acc title is you know likely over it's looking like it's going could be syracuse could be wake forest could be clemson most likely clemson uh so this is just a chance you know finish out your season strong get a nice win uh, build here on this game so you can be prepared for uh wake forest next week uh so it's a get back on track game so let's let's end that season with five more wins than we've got right now. Another ten win season to maybe even make a New Year's Six bowl or something of that nature. So it's just just a time to recalibrate everything and uh, like we talked about, let Chambers get comfortable in the plays where he is uh, he excels at, which you know being dynamic outside of the pocket, and then letting Morris make some throws that maybe Chambers isn't capable of. But and truthfully, neither of them are Devin Leary. So it's just letting them all play inside their role. Doing their doing the things that they do best at, so uh, yeah, just a get back on track game overall. And one thing that I'm going to mention, though, it may not be too hard for the Wolf Pack to do, uh, given how what has happened on uh, the Hokie side of things, uh, but ultimately what has also uh, seemingly been you know decent from Chambers is winning the turnover battle. Um, I think that that's going to be huge uh, for this mm -hmm. team because. Ultimately, if you make a mistake, being able to make up for that is very important. Um, and most of the reason why I say this, Jacob, is that if you look at that, those defensive stats for North Carolina State, they are really good at taking the ball away. They have 11 interceptions this year, and they also have three forced fumbles with two of those being recovered. Um, you know, so that's a grand total of 13 turnovers right now in the seven, yeah, seven games they've played. So averaging just about two a game. Really good really, really good uh, showing from the defense ultimately. Um, so I, I think if they are it'll actually, honestly, here's, here's another note that I can have on that. If you look back at that Syracuse game, they have two of Garrett Schrader's four interceptions. Schrader, someone who's absolutely shocked the world this season has been absolutely 
incredible. Um, two interceptions, definitely uh, the most that he's had in a game all year. And I think that that kind of shows the quality of this defense. And I think that if you are able to get the pressure that you need on Grant Wells, Grant Wells has shown that he can be susceptible to mistakes. And if, you know, as long as you're able to provide yourself an opportunity with how talented this defense is, uh, I do certainly think that they can capitalize on those mistakes and really make things even easier uh, for the offensive side of the ball. I agree. I mean, exactly what you just said. We're seeing a Virginia Tech offense that is susceptible to mistakes. Wells with seven picks. We talked about the right fumble earlier. You know, people who are dropping dropping easy catches. So, I mean, this is just a game where the North Carolina State defense, if they're into it, if they're if they're di- dialed in, they can cause havoc on the on uh, Virginia Tech side of the ball. I mean, getting picks e- easy, maybe even trying to score a defensive touchdown. A pick six would be sure. absolutely would be electric in Carter Finley. So yeah, it's 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 definitely a time where they can uh, they can dial back in on both sides of the ball. But talking defensively, I mean, just making making dynamic plays on the defensive side of the ball would certainly be a time. But with that being said, I think you know we have things covered here on Virginia Tech side. We have things covered on NC State side. So let's just kind of go into how we think that this game is going to go down. So with that being said, how do you think this game is going to turn out at Carter Finley? Is Virginia Tech finally going to be able to get back on track, or is North Carolina State going to be able to get uh, its footing set under Chambers and Morris? I do think that Virginia Tech will look better than they have in a few weeks. And the line set at 13 and a half, I don't think it's going to be that drastic. I think we're going to see Virginia Tech play with North Carolina State for two and a half, three quarters. But, I mean, overall, Carter Finley Stadium sold out Thursday night primetime. I'm seeing the Wolfpack, you know, winning out probably 31 to 21 is what I've got here. Uh, you know, pulling away in the fourth quarter and really getting comfortable in a new offensive system. Uh, as far as individual players, I do think that Malachi Thomas is going to have a great game. I could see him easily going over 100 yards rushing. And then uh, a little little surprise pick, I think that uh, Mansoor Delaney or Mansoor Delane will have an interception. I mean, the true freshman, he played great against Miami. So I'm seeing him continue that level of play. Yeah, I mean, ultimately my concern here for this Virginia Tech side is I feel like no matter how long that bye week was, it's not going to change the fact of kind of what's been going on this season. And it's just kind of growing pains under new staff. Um, And I I want to be right there with you. And I almost am at least on the spread. Um, But I think this is going to be a little bit lower scoring of a game than that. I mean, we, we, we talked about it, right? We really think that these sides are going to be uh, kind of ground and pound uh, throughout a lot of the game. I believe that Virginia Tech is going to try to have establish that running offense identity this game. Uh, and I think NC State, as we've talked about, is going to want to make their starting quarterback comfortable uh, for their first big start at Carter Finley. So I don't think that there's going to be a drastic amount of points put up uh, during this game. I've really been tossing the uh, score around in my head here, but I think what I'm actually going to end up going with here is a 17 to 6 or 17 to 9 win for the Wolfpack. Again, very low scoring. Uh, you know, wouldn't be a surprise if they get a score on their first drive and then Wolfpack kind of struggle for a little bit uh, until they get something a little bit later. Uh, I think both offenses are going to kind of, though they will get yards, I think it's going to be a little, um, a little bit of a challenge with, uh, you know, Virginia Tech's offense overall struggling and North Carolina State's offense 
as we've mentioned, having to grow. So I, I think that ultimately that's why I think this game will be so low scoring. So I, I that's kind of what I have with that. There's, there's, there's not much more. Um, I do think that all the running backs are going to have pretty decent days uh, from King to Thomas to Houston um, and to uh, uh, Simu Kambe. Uh, I think they're all going to do pretty, pretty well. Not that they will all go for like 100 or something, but they'll all be able to get enough touches, yards, things like So with that in mind, uh, Jacob, pleasure to have you back on the podcast. I think that's about it here for this one. Um, again, tomorrow's going to be pretty exciting uh, for Thursday nights. You've got football on with this game. You've got the Utah-Washington uh, late, late game. you got Thursday night football uh, with Baltimore and Tampa Bay. And on top of all of that, you also have world football as you'll have the uh, Virginia Tech women's soccer team in its last game against Florida State and Tallahassee. Part of the reason I know that is because I am on beat for that. So uh, that's going to be to, hmm? very excited to flip back and forth through uh, all three of those games and the women's oh, soccer. Yeah, yeah it's going to be it's going to be a good night of football tomorrow. Yeah, may may have to put three or four screens to use to be able to. <laughs> wash everything uh but with that being said ladies and gentlemen thank you all so very much for listening to another episode here of the third through Force course podcast uh do of course keep updated we are going to have our picks episode coming out here pretty soon possibly even uh thursday as well as i figure this episode is going to be released on um as well as we are going to have a questions episode this week with a guest um that is the plan that may also be released thursday if not friday uh, as you know, there's a lot to talk about, particularly in the NFL, but a lot of interesting stuff coming up, a lot of interesting conversations going on. So I hope you all, uh, are, have been enjoying and we are going to continue to give you some great content. Thank you all so very much for listening to another episode and please do have a great rest of your day.